Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Obicast, the Chaga Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this week's episode, we chat to Dr. Tim Keady about managing replacement new lambs and the influence that has on the subsequent productivity. With the majority of these replacements not entering flocks until 18 or 19 months of age, we discuss the various factors during that rearing phase that can influence the subsequent productivity. Tim breaks that rearing phase down into winter and summer management and explains the impact that each can have on the subsequent performance. We discuss the target weights at various stages and how we might go about achieving these. Finally, we finish up with him highlighting the importance of replacement new land management and why it's really an investment in the future productivity of the flock. We start off, however, with him discussing the various social replacements in the national flock and the costs involved. There's a lot of ways that replacements enter flocks. Uh, some producers uh, produce their own replacements and operate a close flock policy from a biosecurity point of view. Some people purchase them all. And some people both breed their own and also purchase, so they do a combination. From a, a, a survey we undertook two years ago with the, in con- conjunction with the National Farm Survey, uh, we concluded that nationally, uh, 52% of producers present, produce, their own home, rear, produce their own replacements annually. And about 32% purchase all the replacements and a combination of about 15% purchase and also produce their own replacements. Uh, if you want to look at this in context, about 50% of the replacement producers in the lowlands produce their own replacements, while up to 77% of the hill flock uh, uh, producers produce their own replacements. Variation out there, I suppose, part of the health issue on the side, but just from a management point of view, it does have an implication on how those stock are carried through, how much control the eventual flock owner has on how good that replacement is the following year. Like As you said there, the other context of that is the age at the end of the flock. Yeah, age that enter the flock uh, is a, is an important issue. But if I can go back a step, uh, if we talk about replacements and the cost of replacements, uh, replacement uh, selection is probably the most important decision that would be made by a flock owner because the replacements is his future flock. Uh, our data shows that in terms of the flock uh, cost of a replacement, that on average, the average sheep producer in Ireland that the the replacement when it enters the flock, that twenty five percent of the lambs that she produces goes to her cost at eighteen months of age. So in other words, that twenty five percent of every lamb that you sell from your yours goes to the cost of getting that replacement or purchasing that replacement at one month prior to joining at approximately nineteen months of age. You are correct to say that uh, the management of replacements have a big effect on a lifetime performance. And today we're talking about lamb and these at uh, two years of age, joining them at about 19 months. And our data clearly shows that the weight at about nine to 10 months of age has a big effect on the probability of rearing at least one lamb when they're lambing at two years of age. And the reason we, we picked the efficiency index of probability of rearing one lamb is that it combines both ewe barrenness and ewe and lamb mortality. Uh, take an example. Uh, our data shows, Kieran, that the weight at around 8 to 10 months of age, that each 10% increase in body weight at that stage will have a positive effect on the proportion of your f- replacements that will rear at least one lamb. Uh, we found that it increases the proportion that will rear at least one lamb by about 5 to 10%, depending on your eugenotype. The more prolific eugenotypes will have, will it will increase by 5%. The less prolific eugenotypes, it will increase the probability of rearing at least one lamb by 
that's quite a stark figure. It's probably one we don't consider. So, in the context of somebody buying in your arms to an extent, they control over they can purchase heavier for those producing them. It's down to management how heavy you get them at that stage. But it, it does highlight the point that that selection you really have to pick the better end of them lambs continually. Yes, I think that the the most important thing, as I said, there's a cost to the replacement. And when she enters the flock, she's going to affect your flock output. So it's important that you pick your best animals for keeping as replacements. We could talk about the eugenotype or the breed, but we won't go into that in this time. But if we're looking at in today's podcast, we're talking about you weight or you lamb weight. It is a startling figure to think that a change in about 10 to 15 percent of body weight at about nine months of age can affect the level that can affect the proportion of lambs rearing at least one lamb by up to 10%, depending on your eugenotype. Okay, so our selection is going to have one of the biggest impacts on it. Talk to me a little bit about the management. Of, let's get from that nine months through to the following October. Does that management have an impact on it, Tim? Yes, it does. So we've identified, firstly, that the, the weight at about seven, nine, seven, eight, nine, or 10 months is a key factor affecting the probability of rearing at least one lamb, even when they're lambing at two years of age. The second thing that we've identified is that the plain and nutrition offered during the first winter will have an effect on ewe performance, particularly affecting the birth weight of their lambs when lambing at two years of age. And our data would show that you'll increase lamb birth weight by up to 0.2 to 0.3 of a kilo of live weight. We know from previous studies that each one kilo increase in lamb birth weight increases the weight of weaning by about three to three and a half kilos. So if you increase lamb birth weight by 0.2 to 0.3 of a kilo, you're increasing the weight of weaning by about 0.5 of a kilo, which is uh, which is equivalent to reducing the age of slaughter by approximately four days. We also know that from studies we've undertaken previously, the plane of nutrition or the rate of live weight gain during the second grazing season has little or no impact on any of the animal performance measures that we undertook both on the ewe when she lambed at two years of age and also on the performance of her of her progeny up till the point of weaning. We also know that even uh, during the second grazing season, people talk a lot about compensatory growth, that during the second grazing season, which lasts from about uh, a day a day in March up to the end of September prior to joining, that the difference in live weight due to planning nutrition during at March was not the compensated growth wasn't good enough to recover it during the grazing season. So give, let me give you an example. In two or three of the studies that we've undertaken, we found that under good grazing management in the second summer, the animals that had been heavier at the point of turnout in March, they still regained 50% of the extra live weight. And in the second study, they still gained an ex- a 60% of the extra live weight. So that meant the compensated growth didn't fully uh, compensated for the difference in live weight due to planes and nutrition offered during the first winter. There's a lot in that. I'm going to parse it up slightly. Talk to me a little bit about the first winter coat. That's the period we're at at the moment. So this is where we can have an impact on it. Yeah, during the first winter, we've done uh, studies where we've altered the plane and nutrition, which is an effect on uh, ULAM live weight gain. And we found that altering the plane and nutrition during the first winter had a positive effect on the birth weight of the lambs to the ewes when they're lambed for the first time at two years of age. The difference we found was 0.2 or 0.3 a kilo live weight in difference in lamb birth weight. We know from previous studies that increase in 
uh, lamb birth weight has a positive effect on growth rate up to the point of weaning, such that these lambs will be approximately 0.5 kilos heavier at the point of weaning because they're 0.2 kilos heavier at the point of birth, which is re- which will ha- result in these lambs being slaughtered at a younger age. Okay, so th- that has a major impact. We have to be cognizant. Probably if you stood back and looked at this, you say it's very easy and you've covered this, you'll pull it all up in the second summer. But Tim, like, in the realistic scenario, the management of those hoggers isn't always optimal at grass. They're often second-class citizens. Well, that's true, yeah. Um, normally, when they go out to pasture, they, they be, they're, they're second-class citizens. The best grass is kept for the uh, ewes rearing the lambs. And often what happens with replacements, they're, they can gra- they're, they're grazing after the ewe and the ewe lambs to tidy up paddocks. So basically, they're going into tight swords, which have uh, don't have the which have a uh, little grass availability, and they're asked to graze out the plants with the with are the, the proportion of the sward canopy that would have less leaf and more stem included in it. Also, this will have a negative effect in intake. Okay, so let's maybe just put some targets on this. What what we need to achieve? So, from the point of when that replacement basically comes into flock, we're assuming it's going in in October, at eight nine months of age. What are the targets in that cycle through to the following year? Where do they need to be weight-wise? The target body weight for these animals at 19 months of age, just prior to joining for the first time, is approximately 80 to 85% of mature body weight. So as Suffolk and Suffolk crosses account for 54% of the uh, ewes in the national flock, if we take an example of a Suffolk cross ewe, which would have a mature body weight of about 83 kilos, to have a to have uh, to be at about 80 to 85 percent of the mature body weight at 19 months of age they need to be approximately 70 kilos and at, at a year later at a uh, at 27 months of age they need to be approximately 78 kilos so how do we get them there the important thing is there's two phases from now until next september there's a, an overwintering period which is from now we'll say up till march and then there's a grazing period most of the any of these animals that are uh, lamb that are housed indoors are going to be offered uh, silage. The average quality silage produced in farms in Ireland today is about sixty nine to seventy percent DMD. Our and some some of these animals will be only offered silage only, and if they are, they will lose body weight. Our data using finishing lambs of similar body weights to these animals have shown that with seventy to seventy one DMD grass silage. These animals need to be supplemented with about 0.3 of a kilo of concentrate to gain approximately 50 to 60 grams of live weight gain per, per lamb per day. And I think your target has to be about 50 to 60 lambs, grams live weight gain per lamb per day to keep them growing during the first winter. During the second summer when they go to grass and it, it'll be a long grazing season, I think the target on average for the whole season is going to be about 100 grams live weight gain per, per animal per day. And some people may say that is low. But you must take into context or the situation that occurs in most farms. When the, these animals are often treated as a second-class citizen, when they're out grazing pasture, they're often grazing after the ewe flock and the lambs. And in such situations, they're going into paddocks that have been nearly grazed out and they're asked to graze into the lower sections of the uh, sward canopy, which will have a lower digestibility. Subsequently, it will have a lower feed value and also lower intake characteristics. So to try and get the 100 grams on average over the second grazing season will be a, f- a fairly good achievement. Our data also shows that the plain nutrition offered during the first winter has a greater effect on subsequent um, animal performance than the plain nutrition offered during the second grazing season. 
And let me give you an example. In, 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 one, in one study that we undertook over a number of years, uh, those three different cohorts went on to it over three years, we found that increasing the plane in nutrition during the first winter had a positive effect on the birth weight of the lambs when, from these ewes when they were lambing for the first time at two years of age. We got a difference of 0.2 or 0.3 kilos increase in lamb birth weight. Kieran, you know as well as many other people that lamb birth weight has a big effect on lamb performance from the point of birth to the point of weaning. Our data shows that each one kilo increase in lamb birth weight increases the weight of weaning by about 3.3 kilos. Subsequently, an increase in lamb birth weight of 0.2 to 0.3 kilos will increase weaning weight by about a half a kilo, which will have a reduction, which will have a positive effect on reducing the age of slaughter of these animals for drafting. We also we also looked at the effect of plain in nutrition during the second winter, uh, during the second summer, and a lot of people are of the opinion you can get compensatory growth, and I don't I don't doubt it. We found that increasing the plain in nutrition during the second summer had no positive effect on you performance or on the performance of their lambs when they were bought, when they were lambing at two years of age. We also found we did not get complete compensatory growth. So, for example. In two studies that we undertook, where we looked at the effect of plain and nutrition during the first winter and during the second summer, we found that the compensation growth, the compensatory effect was only 50% in one study and 60% in the other study. And by that, I mean that the animals in these studies had retained 50% of the increased lamb, of the increased your weight in March. They had that retained in September, even after a long grazing season. So I think the important thing we need to get our head around here, this is just uh, in the context of a year of high concentrate price, you are really investing in the future. So even at a higher price, there is a payback there for putting that bit of supplementation during that, this period that we're effectively at at the moment. There is, because the positive effects that occur from increasing the weight of your replacements are occurring from about eight months, right, we'll say up to about 12 months of age. Our data will show that gaining weight during the second summer had no beneficial effect on your lamb performance. And when you're talking about the effect of concentrate, and that's a very realistic point, but if you're only talking about 0.3 a kilo a day, you're talking about the equivalent of about 15 cents per euro replacement per day. And if you're feeding that over 80 to 100 days, you're talking about 15 euros maximum per animal. Just to be completed with that, and look, there's as many varieties of systems that carry a number of replacements through the winter as there is in terms of how they're coming into a flock. But for those that grasped him, unless they get the great run maybe on the beef farm or something, it's going to become limited as well. So the performance is more than likely going to be on par with silage in this latter half of our winter period. So even they're going to need supplementation. Yes, you're right that the, uh, when you talk about lambs that are grassed during the uh during this time, during the uh, autumn winter period, our data would show that for October, November, and parts of December, a hundred grams of lamb live weight gain is achievable from good managed wards. But you're talking about not grazing these animals down below four centimeters. You're talking about having them going into good covers of grass, and you're talking about having having them on pastures that aren't poached and no soil contamination. If there is a restricted a restriction, the level of grass that's available, then some concentrate supplementation will be required. I think it's interesting we put that in the whole, just what you're after covering in context, that a lot of what's going to happen for the flock, a lot of the productivity during their lifetime is actually determined at this stage of the season. That's correct. That's what our evidence has shown, because the key factor that the increase in the proportion 
portion of lambs that rear you, you replacements that rear at least one lamb, one lamb in at two years of age, uh, that has a big effect because that takes into account the positive effects on ewe uh, barrenness and new lamb new mortality and lamb mortality. So it is having a big effect on it. And the other important thing that came through for us that changing the live weight gain during the second grazing season had had no we couldn't pick up any effect either on new productivity or on the performance of their progeny up to the point of weaning. Tim, maybe just to sum all of this up, it's like a lot of aspects we talk about about managing the flocks. That little bit of effort put in now can have a big impact on that on that new productivity at a later date. That, that's true, Kieran. Uh, the replacement is your future flock. Looking after her now for the next two to three months to get a target of about 50 grams of lamb live weight gain per day will have a positive effect both on new productivity and also on lamb and on, 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 on flock profitability. Tim, look, I appreciate you giving up your time to be up today. I think it was an interesting subject. It's one certainly that's worth considering a bit more on farms. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Gordon. We'll leave it there for this week. It's a topic we probably don't consider often enough at farm level. The effect that managing replacements has on their subsequent productivity, as Tim has outlined, is something that might just be worth taking into consideration in everyone's own farm situation. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for updates from our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Charlotte Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us for future episodes.